I'm going to talk to you about off the record. Uh, Brian, have you ever gotten a parking ticket? Yes. Have you ever gotten a speeding ticket? Yes, I have. Which is worse to deal with? Oh, a speeding ticket for sure. So bad. Parking tickets are pretty easy. You just mail it in. Right. Not so easy. Not usually going to fight it. Exactly. Have you ever fought a parking ticket? No. Have you ever fought a speeding ticket? Have you ever wanted to? Yes, I've wanted to. I've been too lazy. It's too much work. Way too too much work. Mm -hmm. And it's like you got to see the cop in court often. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to do that. And you have to go to the place where you got the ticket, the county. The biggest thing is you got to wait in lines. A lot of the worst lines in the world. I attempted to fight a ticket one time. The line was two hours at 8 a.m. Whoa. And it was just degenerates in the whole place. Who has two hours... In a, on a weekday to fight a ticket. Only people without jobs. And can you imagine that line? Go check out offtherecord.com. This is how it works. You snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, get matched to an experienced lawyer. You don't pay the traffic ticket. I don't know. It's amazing. It's Sounds magic. like magic to me, yeah. Yeah, and if you enter code AWESOME currently, uh, you also get a nice little discount. So go ahead and use the service. Super easy, as Warren said. And if you don't win, you don't pay. Wow. Offtherecord.com. Thank you. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. <laughs> Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Austin from Haggerty. I'm Art. And I'm Lane Skelton. I'm Rick. And I'm Chris Hayes. Chris uh, Hayes. Lane Skelton, you said. Yeah. Wow, third oh. last name. Okay. Third last name. <laughs> I figured, you, you know, when in Rome, right? The episodes, you're going to yeah, throw yeah. a last name all of a sudden? Yeah. I like it's my, it. It's my new style. <laughs> it's formal. It's, it's for Shima, right? It is. Yeah, exactly. You're also in a tuxedo. We should <laughs> mention that. That's true. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. your act? But he's rocking the one, the sleeveless one, just like what it's just at the center section. That's a good look. looks like a tuxedo. The Chris Angel tuxedo. Oh. Yes, because Vegas. Mind freak. Lane yeah. Skelton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch him levitate. Yeah. Uh, we are coming to you, uh, well, we're recording live from SEMA, and uh, it's a madhouse. I'm not sure. It's really hard in a podcast to tell people how crazy this place is, but um, it's about as busy as I can remember. I've only been to a few of these shows, but... Yeah, it's one of the how busiest. How many have you been to, Lane? I've been to 11 SEMAs, I believe. And where does this rank? As I think as... this is the busiest I've. I, I can remember it. Well, on a level of zero to SEMA, this is SEMA. This is SEMA, SEMA. right? This and is cool. How SEMA. many have you been to? I think this is my ninth. Ninth. So yeah, this oh. is my seventh running podcast stuff here. Therapy so. bills are pretty high at this point. Oh, dude, like thirty-five grand a year. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty I mean, good. it's you just break like, even. You I, break I, even. I just ball up into a fetal position <laughs> immediately on Saturday morning when I get home. Yeah, and I don't leave there for like three weeks. Chris, can you introduce yourself and uh, tell everyone why you're awesome? Uh well, I mean, I, I do a lot of podcast stuff. So I, you know, co-created uh, Smoke Attire with Matt and, and Zach, and uh, you know, all the Hooniverse stuff with Jeff. But uh, I also created Shout Engine, which is where you're presumably listening to this from right so and uh your role at sema is uh the wizard behind the curtain uh co-wizard because i also brought uh patrick that works with me uh out to kind of help even out the workload a little bit but yeah i basically coordinate all the podcasting stuff going here we did we're doing uh 27 shows this week in four days that's madness. That is yeah, mad- we're running, madness. We're running this stage, so we've got six people up here, and then we've got another studio for four in the back. So it's been busy. No, it's a really cool setup this year. Whoa, it just got really loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Patrick bumped our volume uh, a little bit. Let's go. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we have Mike over here on this side of the table. Hi. Mike of Haggerty. <laughs> yes. Is this your first show? No, it's uh, it's hard to count because it all kind of blurs, and then you're like, was that CES or SEMA? You just remember being tired and people in front of you everywhere. <laughs> Uh, I'd guess six, maybe six, six totals. So what, what do you what do you do for Haggerty? Uh, I'm the I'm the digital content director, which is a fancy way of saying I run the I run the website um, from the editorial side. So I uh, I started at Car and Driver, worked at Popular Mechanics and Autoblog, and um, Haggerty is growing as a brand. So we're, we don't just do insurance; we want to show people celebrate driving, save driving, be 
be the place for people who love cars. And the best way to do that is to give people stuff to read and watch on the internet. Very cool. And so that means you guys are actually covering this event as well as media, right? Yes. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, 2018 SEMA, you know, typically we talk about what we've seen. I know we've been running around nonstop, mm -hmm. but any trends that you're picking up so far this year? There's usually a trend every year. Trucks! <laughs> Electric motors and things that didn't have them. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's a total trend. That's a good one. What have yeah. you seen? So, there's the early 911, or what it's year is it? It's also a new Camaro. New Camaro. Yeah, Copo. It's an e Copo, so it's basically a drop-in or supposed to be drop-in swap for an LS that's all electric. From Chevy Direct. Yeah, it's in the Chevy booth. Yep. I yeah, it's a blue it. one, right? Yeah. Have you been able to get out, Chris? Have you seen everything I, I, to see? I got out very, very briefly. I went and walked around with uh, with Patrick and Musto and Alana, and uh, we, you know, I saw the the Hellfent launch and and just some stuff around here. But honestly, every year that I'm here, I'm running between doing shows that I'm on and running the stage. I, I I might get out of here for thirty or forty minutes a day, and that's it. Yeah. So, so there's also Icon had the derelict that's electric. Um, I need to and see that's, that. And that's that's classic hot rod. I mean, they used it from junkyard Tesla parts. Oh yeah, batteries. and is that that a Tesla powered or what is that? Yeah, one? basically. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I haven't seen it. Is there an Icon booth this event? No, it's up at the Optima battery booth. Oh, Optima battery. Mm -hmm. awesome. It's green, I believe. So it's all so Optima batteries that powers it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, it yes. weighs 19,000 pounds. Yeah, exactly. exactly. No, well, they're using that new lithium mile, stuff. It's only like 17,000. Yeah. Ah. Six mile range. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we haven't. So Art, Warren, and I just flew in this morning, and we basically haven't seen. We've almost seen nothing. <laughs> We this walked across the Toyo Bridge. It makes for a much better podcast because uh, everything's new. Yeah. You can tell us anything. The default is when SEMA, when you haven't seen enough or you just don't like things, just make fun of shit. Oh, that's yeah, what yeah. You do. There you go. Well, yeah. isn't that why everyone's here? Well, yeah. I mean, that's why Bro Trucks exists, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The, uh, the trucks do continue. The truck trend definitely continues to grow at SEMA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to place that squarely upon the American consumer, is that we always forget how expensive gas will eventually get again. So we mm -hmm. all go, hey, gas is $3 a gallon. Let's buy the biggest goddamn truck we can find. The yeah. minute it drops, it's like, oh, shit, I can, ex I can afford an excursion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two years later, fit, Honda fits in the used market or 35 grand a piece. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You could probably watch. I mean, Haggerty's probably watching these values. It's like you can see, like, 2010, when gas goes to 5 bucks, it's like two weeks. All SUV sales drop, and then it goes back up. <laughs> it's like down to the T. Well, yeah, and the thing we see now actually is because everyone's buying and driving trucks new. All the classic trucks; those are the things that are rising the fastest. Partially because they were they were cheaper, you know. Like if you're already priced out of a Mustang, you might go for an F100. But also now everyone's like, well, I drive a truck all the time. I should drive it on the weekends too. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, we did see uh, just briefly here. We were running from uh, the other hall, and uh, there's a there's a monster truck. It's not a just a regular bro dozer, but it is branded bro dozer. And nice. I don't know if that's a brand or uh, <laughs> just the name of the build. Where was that? Yeah, it was, it was in the other hall with the Linglongs and the triangles. Hall. Yeah, and it was the, next to the Linglong tires. And that's the a great triangles brand. Triangles and the Ching Shaos. Yeah, I uh, hear it comes with a year supply of Monster Energy and Plan B pills. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably so does, true. Would you call that appropriation? Like they're just owning it now, you know? That, that brodozer thing. That's what thing. I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, but that would have to be circle. a cultural to like appropriate it. And I don't know if I can qualify that cultural. as cultural. Oh, there's, we are, there's is, a flat is, is anyone driving a brodozer really going to be hurt if you call them a bro? I don't know. We don't have these huh. in our area. This is like a totally different species. <laughs> we, we don't have them either. Like you, come out to, like you come to SEMA. I live in Michigan. You come to SEMA and you go, these are, these are crazy. I, like who drives these? And yeah. then you go to LA and you go, oh, yeah. I that's, heard Florida, drives, that's not yeah. even the home of them. Those are just the guys that have ventured up from Orange County and San Diego. I was going to say, I heard, it was, I heard Florida and, like, yeah, Orange County and stuff, but we don't see Mary. Yeah, you got the guys in, like, El Cajon and stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They're, I mean, they're even for guys that would want them in L.A. proper, it's just not really reasonable to do yeah. it because you can't park them anywhere. Right. You know, I, I, I've i had, you know, Raptor press trucks and stuff like that, or I had a... Uh, a Silverado 2500, and I'm like, this is just too large of a vehicle right. for and Los that's, Angeles. For so many people, that's just their car. Yeah. That's just a car. Yeah. A four-door, full-size truck car, and then you get the guys that are modifying them and putting on wider tires, wider yeah. wheels that... Taller. It's crazy. It's all about the low-pro off-road tires now, too. Yeah. Which just blows my mind. I know. <laughs> well, there's also the stretch. You gotta stretch, because yeah, really, it's really helpful out there. In, so, Art, in... do you have little butterflies right now? Little butterflies? Because right in front of you, 
is one of yeah. your favorite cars of oh all time. Oh my gosh, is that an ITR? What year is it, Art? You can probably tell. I'm, I'm just, I have to get out of my seat right now and go play with that thing. And it has your uh, Integrale 1552 wheels on it. Oh, nice. On one side. Spoon, so, I see a spoon sticker. That's yep. good for five horsepower. At least six, I think. Uh, and it has a VTEC club sticker, which actually <laughs> makes the VTEC pop even harder than normal. Also, uh, Hot Wheels on the side. Hot, hot wheels, wheels, for hot sure. Wheels. It's uh, in the KW boot, or which one is it? Yeah, KW. Yeah. Um, and it's a race car, I guess, maybe? Looks like it. That's probably a 2001. It's a Phoenix yellow car, and it's got the later bumper in the back. Nice. But that's all I got. It's wrapped, heavily wrapped. It but is. yeah, it has a bucket on the driver's seat, but not the passenger, it looks like. It's, uh, they call that gangster these days. Yeah. Right, oh, Warren? It's gangster. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking, since we haven't really seen SEMA, um, even though we're at SEMA, Maybe we can go through a little like project updates or something. I like it. I, like I want to start with Chris at the okay. very end. Okay, so uh, one of the projects is in the process of being sold. The Fiesta is going away. Whoa. So you have a Fiesta ST. I have a Fiesta ST that I uh, I had and uh, and I've I've had for about three and a half years. Uh, and as soon as I got it, Ford Racing called me up and went, "Hey, so we're working with these guys called Mountain." And so we did a bunch of stuff. And through I've got KWs on it and a bunch of different things. It's just that. I've kind of outgrown the car from I love the thing and I don't want to get rid of it, but I also look like a jackass rolling up the meetings and having to carry like coworkers and stuff in it and be like, it's a clown car and I'm going to meet like executives at some <laughs> BC firm or something. I like can that. understand that. You know, so it's that. And the other thing is, quite frankly, as good as that car is and as much work has been done to it, it still rides like shit around Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. oh, of it, course. It just always will. Unless That's nice. Put That's always really nice. high, big sidewalls. You were having some electrical problems with that thing, too? It was fixed a, it fixed a long time ago. Okay. There was serious grounding problems in that car. Yeah. There was serious, serious problems. And it took Ford a while to get it straightened out, but it's been fine since. So That's good. Yeah. So I, what's, I, what's next? Uh, well, I bought a Macan about a month and a half oh, ago. Oh, congrats. Uh, yeah. I got it for a nice 50% off the original price. So uh, that Whoa. was that. Yeah, I bought it used. So it's I was been rolled or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's 2015. Uh, so I bought a Macan S. Uh, that's kind of the project I'm working on right now. And then uh, the C6 is in parts in my garage, doing various things to it. So bought new wheels recently, and then uh, throwing coilovers on it before the end of the year, and it'll be up and running by the spring. So and that's that's it for my projects. Just you know, the three. Cool. And Rick, you have a big one. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm taking over for Brian on this podcast. We should uh, also say so you sold a car. I was gonna, I was gonna get there, right. Warren. I just, I know what <laughs> I liquidated. Your, your podcast is on. I have to make sure yeah, you get right. there. I get it. Uh, I liquidated everything I own. I had an '89 911 that I can converted into a safari car. I sold that on Bring a Trailer. That went away. And then I also had a '96 Volvo. I sold that the other day too. No one knows about that either. Whoa! Um, tell us more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I sold it for a thousand dollars because it won't pass smog. Um, and then uh, I was bored looking at bring a trailer one night at a car that I had watched. It was a 1990 Corvette ZR1 with 34,000 miles. And I told myself the night before that if it went for 18,000, I would bid and buy it. And it went to 18, and then someone, or just under 18, someone bid it up to 18.50, and I was like, one more bid is still 18. So 18.3. And then I literally closed the browser and I went to take a shower with two minutes left. And I came back and I had an email that said I won. So, <laughs> not so bad what price. What are the Pretty specs exciting. exactly? Uh, red, red, right? Red on red. And it's the first year for the ZR1. So the 1990, 375 horsepower. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. If you already know, don't answer it. But a little trivia. What size are the rear tires stock? Uh, I'm going to say probably a 275, 45, 17. Well, bigger. So Brian's running 335s on his ZR None. Right. But that's not stock. I know. So what did this come with stock? What does it have on it right now? Because it's bone stock. 305s. 295. 315. Dang! Uh, I was going to say 305s. Huh. Wow. Some meat. So it'll be an expensive tire bill is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, well, they're new tires. So. I didn't know you could shove that much tire under the uh, a stock C4. Well, they're wider. They're I don't wider. know. If they're, yeah, they're yeah, they're a little. They're like two inches wider. The door yeah. is different too to meet up with the fender. When you yeah, you can always tell on those cars around the uh, around the license. The license plate has more room, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that could, uh, that is totally insurable on Haggerty, by the way. It is. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for the plug. It's also a Radwood project car. That's right. Well, not That's much cool. of a project. Thirty thousand miles sounds pretty, yeah, pretty not nice, much. right? Exhaust, I think. You should get a Magnaflow well, exhaust. Yeah, I mean, we might know a couple people. Maybe. 
I was going to ask you what if you were going to compare the two, uh, your car or the ZR None, which is nicer? Would you say? Um, I was referring to the ZR None with Brian as the ZR Zero in text messages to not have to type out ZR None. Um, but it was brought up that I could have just got the ZR None for like a quarter of the price. And, <laughs> a quarter, okay. quarter, quarter of the price. <laughs> more like a quarter. More like a, more like quarter. a quarter. Yeah, a but quarter. then you wouldn't have had the LT5. Yeah, no, it, uh, obviously, Brian's car is a piece of shit, and I don't think you can convince me to buy it. So, Chris, are you familiar with Brian's car? No, I am not. Oh, oh my gosh. It was at Radwood LA. <laughs> so okay, it was so that I... gray one that was painted with, like, a uh, roller from 10 feet away. Oh, he bought it in Peru. Um, we talked about it on the podcast last year. It's the oh, worst yeah. car of all time. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it I is one-year anniversary. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so when do you get it, Rick? Uh, so it's supposed to be picked up today. I should be getting an email any moment that says it got picked up from Tennessee and it should be delivered Tuesday. <laughs> and you guys have cars and coffee two weeks from now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it should the be there. In Davenport, California. Any indication on like how much it was driven so that it, it or is it, has it sat for a while? It or? hasn't sat for that long. The people who owned it are younger. They're having a kid, um, and 34,000 miles. So it had some use, but it has a bunch of new stuff, and all the maintenance was done at a Chevy dealer, and I get all those records, too. So I think it was pretty used. I don't think it was, like, chilling yeah. in the garage under mothballs for too long. Well, there's not too much I'd worry about on that car other than, you no. know, maybe, like, a, a seals on the on LT5, uh, you know, head gaskets and stuff like that. Yeah. Supposedly, they're pretty, pretty bulletproof. I'm going to go over it as soon as it gets here. I'm going to take it to my friend's shop, put it on the lift, make sure there's nothing wear that needs to be done. But the tires are supposedly new. Art Art did the uh, date coding. the date code, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, dude, I I went all uh, CSI on it uh, in the ad, uh, mm -hmm. in the BAT ad. I went and I, I zoomed in as far as I could on the, on the tires, and I managed to make out a date code on two of them. Uh, so I don't know what the other ones are. There's a 17, late 2017 build date, and an, a mid-2016 build date. And Warren is so, in, is so fascinated by this conversation right now that he has uh, now fallen so asleep. You know how to read Ling Long date codes? <laughs> Um, That's pretty good. I can read it all. <laughs> I can read it all. <laughs> Forensic <laughs> files, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Mike, um, uh, we do have. I'm sure we go into our project cars, but um, before we get into that, uh, what do you own right now? Are you uh, your car guy? Yeah, um, I have a 1991 Honda Beat. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. A 87 Alpha Spider, and uh, my pro. I mean, they're all kind of constant. Sorry. <clears throat> get that out of my throat. Uh, they're all kind of constant projects, especially the Alpha. It's like, you know, trace down a leak and determine what you want to take off the car and put back together. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. It just requires a lot of attention because it's an Alpha. Uh, but no, the newest thing is uh, I have a 95 Camaro Z28 that I let sit for like 12 years. And I just oh, pulled boy. that out of storage. It took it straight to a shop. And they like had them change all the fluids, belts and hoses. They had to clean the injectors while I was writing a giant check i figured uh i might as well have them do the spark plugs too so i wouldn't have to do it and that's now in my garage it's in michigan uh in winter so uh, i'm just going to put it up and the body is still clean but everything under it that was cast iron is like rust when, when i moved it from the spot i was sitting in a pole barn it, it had like dandruff on the concrete Whoa, from the roll wow, bar gnarly. just shedding rust and so, what year is it it's a 1995 95 uh -huh. so the the sunken headlights. Yeah. Um, still got the black roof, T tops. It's very rad. LT1. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't which know is which is uh, kind of a loathsome engine, actually. Yeah, that's at the reverse cooling flow and the off the shit ignition yeah. and yeah. But yeah, uh, and the uh, the intake gasket is not a gasket because it's got like a weird W shape, so the middle part is RTV. Awesome. Oh, oh nice. nice. I love when they do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and oil course, pan. Yeah, for whatever reason, GM thought they'd revive that beloved nameplate for the new LT1. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. What did they revive? So the, LT1. The oh, LT1, LT1 name. So the engine that succeeded the LS3. Yeah. They named it the LT1 again. Weird. Yeah. So that's easy for finding parts. Oh yeah. <laughs> you type yeah, LT1. It's, and... all, it's the clearest thing in the world when you search for yeah. LT1 on the internet. I know. <laughs> it's like BMW 2002. This is the third iteration of the LT1 though, because they had one in the 60s as well. Oh, that, yeah. Good point. I forgot about that one. That's why we brought Rick along, that, right? regular LT1 guy. <laughs> Corvettes are my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize you were a Corvette guy. Lane was telling me this on the way here. He said, yeah. Rick bought a Corvette. And I go, what? Yeah, I've why been to the Corvette Museum three times. What? I've already had a C5 Did you Z06. cause the sinkhole? Yeah, I oh. did. Have you seen his tattoo, the tramp stamp? Yeah. He's got the, he's got the checkered flag. Exactly. So it's what colored is, in, too. What is the Corvette owner stereotype, right? Like, it's like mm. you know, vaping Subaru guys and stuff. It depends where you... Oh, I mean, it's Hawaiian question. shirts. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Okay, know. there we go. 
But then you get guys like us that are you just, definitely get. Well, like, we, yeah, we hear Chris the Titleist visor. You know, the guy, the older guy, going to the golf course with his Corvette. I mean, there's that. In our neck of the woods, that's what it is. It's the guy with his lawn chair or this little foldable, collapsible like camping chairs that he pops out at Cars and Coffee. It's got all the leather bras on it. Possibly color match. Don't forget he the bought creepy little s- kid things that they lean up against. Oh, of the course. Oh, of course. Oh, Maybe like a fast food things. little tray that goes on the window, you know, from Sonic Drive-In. Yeah, the, like you that. know, the, the hypothetical drive-in that they never went to because they were born in 1962. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, those, exactly. those things are great. And by great, I mean I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> but you probably find them here at SEMA. That's what's great oh, about yeah. SEMA. Yeah, uh, yeah. Although there is kind of a new Corvette thing going on in that C5s and C6s are starting to get popular in Drift. Um, because angle kits have started coming out for those, so everybody's realized, oh, I could build an S13 or S14, or I could just buy this and throw an angle kit on it and be done. So So that was the only thing holding him back, was was angle kit. Yeah, really, that was burping us. Yeah, he walked by and burped in our direction. (laughs) Okay, just checking. (laughs) Yes. That was pretty rude, actually. (laughs) All right, Dude, I'm like, I'm pretty good at, I got some grappling skills, you know, back in the day, so. Oh, man, I would pay so much money. <laughs> we would happen right now. Oh, me too. Amazing. <laughs> Every dollar. Look at this open space right in front of us. I know. It's not padded, but it would work. It would, it would be very bad. Look, Perfect. I can just fashion some microphones into nunchucks and we'll be all set. That's exactly, great. yeah. I, I watched, like, Bruce Lee movies when I was growing up. That's pretty good, right? Counts for something. Yeah. So, Mike, that's a super diverse collection of cars. And I want to know that's the like, Alpha thing. This guy next to you claims he wants to own an Alfa Romeo someday, but he's incredibly sensitive to fumes, odors, smells. What can you tell me about an Alfa Romeo ownership experience in relation to that? Okay, uh, I'll preface it with saying that Alfa is, is either like the poor man's or the idiot's 911 because <laughs> they made it for 30 years. So, like, every problem has been, everyone knows the, uh, how to solve a problem. Right. And all there's a bunch of parts that cross over, and people can, you know, move them forward and backward in dating. In that sense, it's like a 911, but it also has a bunch of stuff that just was poorly designed because it's Italian. So fumes, uh, every everyone's trunk smells like gas, and you can ah. you can replace the hoses, and that helps a little bit. Um, I replaced all but one hose because the hose kit I bought like didn't fit that X. Ex- the last one I had to do, the hose that they gave me in the kit was the wrong size, and. Um, Maybe that was the hose that would get rid of the, the light no. fumes. It's not really mine's not that bad, but some of them are known to like you open it up and it's just like all of the evaporative. Is and that's going just right the trunk. The, that's just the trunk. And what about interior-wise? I mean, just going down the road. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You look like a hearty soul. The man <laughs> next to you. Uh, I don't know if he's alpha worthy. He's still he, right now. Is the gears are turning? He's thinking. Could I replace those hoses? <laughs> I'm just thinking like. Top up? Can you imagine just like all that right. just somehow vacuuming into the interior? And, oh, uh, oh, you're like, spider style, yeah. Spider style, yeah, because he's the spider guy. Oh, I mean, top down, you're fine, I imagine. But yeah, there's. I famously had a 2002 that I basically almost killed me every time I drove it because uh, <laughs> almost killed. Uh, sorry, <laughs> so dramatic. Dude. Uh, it, it had big dual 45 uh, Webers on there, and basically it was tuned. It was a high compression motor. And it was tuned basically to run really, really well in nice and call it maybe even borderline lean at like 6,000 RPM. And then anywhere else, it would just dump gas and it just stunk everywhere. Like I would smell like gas when I would get out of it. Anything I put in the trunk smelled like gas. And uh, yeah, it was, it was not good. He doesn't no. own it anymore. So, <laughs> he sold it. And then and the Alpha, I mean, what are the odds that the interior is actually sealed up and you're not just getting a ton of fresh air all the time? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a pretty good chance. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a feature, not a bug, right? Exactly. Yeah, that is. Definitely. That's so why the heater is so strong. Walked in that beautiful Italian countryside. Oh, yeah. The heater just it probably pulls right out of like the, uh, the, the all of the fuel hoses, and just it's right there, right? It's for convenient cleaning. Come on. <laughs> exactly. So it, it, here's, here's my question, though, is which is more reliable, an old alpha or a new alpha? Oh, oh that's go. a very good question. Depends how good your OBD2 it, scanner is. It, it's, right? it's definitely old, because the thing I learned is both from owning and talking to other owners is that the alphas they're not unreliable they're high maintenance they they don't really quit on you there's just always something ready to start getting worse you just need it it needs there's, attention yeah there's it has a relationship like a, joke in there somewhere. it has like Definitely a 15,000 it has like a 15,000 mile valve adjustment interval ah uh, i love sorry. it but it's super easy is it like a little 10 millimeter yeah everything's on the top with, and you do the yeah. feeler gauge 
I like that a, one though. The difference between like reliability and just needing stuff. Because high maintenance and, and high reliable. maintenance and reliability. Yeah, because there's a lot of cars that they kind of are always broken, but like they Mer- old they Mercedes just drive. They'll go forever, yeah. but they might need a lot of upkeep. Right. right. Uh huh. Volvos, old Volvos, same thing. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like Porsches are a lot like that though. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. Because they they don't die on people, but they're not a cheap car to keep going. Yeah, they don't necessarily like leave you on the side of the road that much. It's just there's little stuff kind of broken, like leaks and yeah. uh, and seals, like my 500 SEC that's leaking oil from everywhere now because oh, it's yeah. oh the, you're you're definitely ready for alpha ownership. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> not many V8 alphas. Oh, Eric Campagna, Senior Hoppa is joining us live on the podcast. How are you, Eric? You have your dots in well. here. You should have. It would have been one of the best cars here. <laughs> Actual sidewall. How about that? Yeah. Um, we were pretty disappointed with the lack of sidewall on some of the builds I feel that are like going this on. Is a, this is oh, a come theme. on. I mean, is that really a surprise to you? Well, no, no, it's The sidewall is coming back. You think that, it, yeah, I, I'm surprised yeah. to see it. It's And you know what I've seen this time around? It's, you know, we've had the stretch forever. We've had the camber forever. But now it's like the rubber bands that we've seen a few of, which is oh, kind yeah. of going back to the early 2000s or something. No, it's, it's, I mean, why haven't people learned the lesson that when you put tires that thin on the car, you may as well not even have tires on it. They ride like utter shit. Totally. Yeah. I've had thoughts of, definitely, like I have a new GTI with 18-inch wheels. Mm-hmm. I would love to put 17s on it. Yeah, on my Fiesta, I didn't shrink the wheel because I was too cheap, but I bought a bigger sidewall tire when I had to replace yeah. them. And that helped some, but even still, I kind of wish I dropped it down to a 16-inch wheel. Any rubbing with that? Um, only a tiny bit. That that's because I didn't pull a wheel spacer out of the back yet. I was just being lazy. That's really lazy. Yes, yes, <laughs> <it> yeah. <is. laughs> yeah. yes, it is. He just I, wanted to play. Orin wants you to know it's really lazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Speaking of sidewall, like one of the reasons I went with 17s was um, it was like a tire Under availability Celica? thing. So yeah, I have a Celica all-track turbo. Yep. And uh, and so that car I have. 1552 integrales and 17s but you know they're great looking wheel in 17 although i would be down with a 16 like i said i think a 16 would look better Did with they a make, little they make a 16 uh they're they're working on it okay. they do 17 and 18 but like you know i would be totally open to doing a 16 with a little bit more sidewall but i'm also kind of like you know a little hampered there because michelin is working on making us good 16 inch <laughs> performance rubber uh but like it's totally, I mean, it's a comfort thing. And of course, I mean, I think aesthetically it looks better. It's just, especially with a rally car like that, you know, you want kind of that old school rally look. Yeah. I'm more of a 14 inch guy, really, you know, when it comes down well, to well, it. like have like 75 series <laughs> yeah, tires. Exactly. And like no thing. brakes at all. Zero. Yeah. No, no. Just stick your feet you guys, right You guys don't even know. You're still talking about Alfa Romeos. Mine's 15s and then like 65 sidewall. It's like one... Maybe like 195, 65s, but the older ones, like mid 80s, they came with 14s. Same overall diameter. So they're like 14s with a 75 series side. Yeah. So cozy. You're just cruising along, comfortable. You don't have to cringe over potholes, you know, all that stuff. And handle like poop. And oh, yeah. The funny thing is, is like (laughs) I'd be driving a Fiesta around and then I take the Corvette out one day. My Corvette's got 18s all the way around it. And there's a shit ton of sidewall because I set it up basically as a track car. So I drive around in my Corvette for comfort in Los Angeles versus the wow, Fiesta. Wow, damn. Yeah. I guess it has that wheelbase working for it. Yeah, it does. It does. And and all, that, a... all that chassis flex. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tons uh, of it. A.K. Sloppy steer. What was it? Sloppy something? I forgot. What do you call them, Lane? Seconds. Sloppy. Well, six seconds? Corvettes. I don't know. You, you call them something sloppy. I oh, I didn't know which one. The six is fine. I thought you were talking about like a C4. No, no, no. The, the six is a, a little more structurally rigid than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just gotta watch out for that chin spoiler. Already oh. ripped one off. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, sure it did. At stock that's, ride height? That's inevitable. What is that uh, thing even at, for? At lifted ride height. Wow. I, my car's about half an inch taller than stock. Ooh, Interesting. Safari car. Uh, <laughs> safari in so much as I don't want to continue damaging it, driving it in the Malibu Canyons. Yeah, that's like a drive to the local park build, right? Not quite safari. Yeah. Make it usable, period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did drive the Celica recently up up in the in the canyons there by our house, and uh, I had raised it, right? So I did raise it, uh, which I informed everyone, but um, I haven't gotten it aligned, 
and it drives so bad with it, like as is dude i mean just the all the, the the i know the toe is really screwed up in the front because it understeers a lot going right but it turns in really nice to the left and uh it's just really darty like hitting a bump it just goes all over the place i you know a well-known area on on skyline it's kind of choppy on this fast left-hander and i for a second there i was pretty sketched out wow. like off a, the road like a shopping cart with a broken wheel exactly, yeah, exactly. just like a little caster thing <laughs> just kind of going around yeah so i can't wait to get that thing aligned um it's it just it's so important when you change the right height on a car to align it like most people really skip that i don't know i mean i guess some cars are affected more than others but like on this car it's it's really bad it makes a huge difference Hmm. Got to get that sorted. So that's my project car update, I guess. <laughs> nice. It's a pretty good update. Uh, mine's pretty short and sweet. I was playing around with the... I finally jacked up the 944. I've had this like rattle on the front uh, front left forever, and it just makes the whole car feel like it's falling apart, even though the car itself is solid, but when you're driving, you're like, oh, man, this just feels so bad. You it's go over speed bumps and stuff, and it's like just a rattle, you know? It feels so, so shitty. Um so I jacked it up and I took the pins out of the brake caliper and just bent the retaining clip mm-hmm. and put the pins back in and it's solid that as was a rock. It? No noises Dang. at all. All that worry over nothing. All that worry and all that like like it's like an exhaust shield or something where it rattles yeah. incessantly and you, you yeah, no rattles like horrible. I'm just I'm hitting speed bumps at speed now. I'm just like, oh man, this feels so good. Yeah. Pretty good. So. Um, I also short and sweet for me. Uh, 1989 BMW E30. I I had uh, the interior from Rubens M3, and I'd swapped the front seats out, and then I went up and got the rear seats, and they'd been stored in a horse stable for two years, so that's not great. Um, so I spent more time cleaning it than installing it, but I finally swapped it out. Uh, so rear seats uh, from a E30 M3, and they're like a two seat bucket. They look they look good. They're nice one little hitch it installed totally fine but i didn't realize that the seat belts are different in an m3 is that it only has two seat belts oh because you have the hump in the middle right and so that's not a big deal but where the seat belts have their little holder like for the receiving end they click into this plastic piece and my seat belts aren't long enough to click in there so it's a totally separate seat belt that goes with an m3 oh it's which you would never think of right i mean that's just you think E30 is an E30, right? But I guess M3s had special rear seatbelts. So, um, holler if you have a set of seatbelts laying around. Dude, doesn't Ruben have them? I bet he, he might. Because he stripped the interior, right? Yeah, he might have them. So, but I didn't think I would need them, and yeah. I didn't grab them. But uh, anyways, turned out fine. Super easy. There's two screws, and that's it. The whole seat pops in. And uh, yeah, so the, M- the E30 is looking good. Um, nothing else really to report. Been driving the van again a lot. Thinking, thinking a lot. It's been nice. Yeah. Thinking man's car since Art stole my car three weeks yeah. ago. It's still there, you know. Just chilling. Um, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> what else? So I, I did want to mention that uh, the wide body thing is still around. It's, oh God. It, um, and <laughs> I just you know as we mentioned, we've been in meetings, just kind of running around, but. And the little that I've seen, I did find one wide body kit that I actually really like. Did you guys see the white S, uh, S13 out there? Yes, I did. It looks really no. sick. I actually, for a second there, thought it was an M1 Pro car. Like, it has that kind of vibe. I only saw it from the front and from the side. I didn't see the rear. That's one of those integrated fog lights in the front bumper? Yeah. Okay. The white one? Yeah, yeah. It's actually really well done. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's tacked on. It's not like a whole thing, you know? So, like, I mean, in terms of the, the wide body on there. Yeah. Um, I, I never thought that five years ago I'd say this. I'm so fucking tired of wide bodies. It, it's definitely still happening. <laughs> it's 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 out here strong. Well, and the bolt-on ones is just, it's the worst. I'm just, it, they're on everything now. They're on absolutely everything. It's like everything's a bad rocket bunny knockoff now. Yeah, and a lot of times they're not even like getting more tire under. It's just straight up yeah. for a look. And they've got like a two inch wide, uh, you know, spacer on. There. Yeah, exactly. You know, put lots of extra leverage on the axle. That'll do it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a little tired at this point for sure. Yeah, Mike, just, have you strolled around a bit? Have you seen anything? Uh, yeah, I've walked through a few times. I was. Uh, I, I came into SEMA this year being like, I'm going to be positive about this. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let the crowd. <laughs> Dude, I do that me. every year. That's my like goal. It I kinda, come in positive. It kind of worked. Uh, I just think about everyone here loves cars, right? Like, yeah. you know, especially in Michigan, it's just like, you know, same SUV, same SUV, same SUV. We don't get 
in the winter you don't really get any car culture in your day-to-day -day driving so i just tell myself like here these are all the people that are keeping that alive um that said some people on uh aaron robinson on our team he was he's complaining because that guy yeah i mean that's what he does <laughs> um and uh he was complaining that there's not really any innov innovation like we're not really seeing anything new i, I think that's fair yeah, I mean, what do you? What would you classify these EV uh, 911s and yeah, uh, 51 Mercs or 49 or whatever it is? That and, for sure. Yeah. And um, I mean, a drop-in electric swap, I, like I mean, you said, that's pretty. That's, I mean, taking a Camaro and being like, this is a 700 the, horsepower drop-in LS. That's kind swap. of the future. I mean, yeah. I hate to. We all hate to say but, it, but, but I mean, in terms of builds, it's like, yeah, you have like a lowered wide body with right. some sort of. LS engine. Yeah, I mean, what would it have been last year? There was a Tucker, uh, Rob Ida's Tucker was yep. here, and that was pretty amazing. Um, that kind of Art Deco, Delahaye looking Roadster was, was pretty... the, the Studebaker. Was it the Studebaker wagon? There was the little wagon, the one. Oh yeah, um, and then a few others that like the the uh, I think it was Mothers that black Ford, but those are just kind of like hot rod type builds. So what are you looking for, hovercrafts or? Uh, you, <laughs> no, I, I am a little surprised though that there's there's like no no imports at all, like no Subarus, no 86s. Yeah, um, yeah, that's we, interesting. I think we need more Porsches. There's just not enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah never we, enough, we, right? We should just have a Porsche SEMA, right? We should just have a Porsche it. show. Or even not even just Porsche, <laughs> but just bring in some classic German stuff too. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean I did see. Well, we've seen a couple E30s, right? <laughs> we saw a ghastly. Uh, 300 SL um, oh, wow. Toyo uh, Hall or whatever you want to call it. Why that. was it ghastly? It was in the Toyo booth. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it had to be a kit car. I would be shocked if someone took a million dollar SL and made it into a slammed thing, but it's out there. Yeah. Someone's uh, done it. I think it's a kit. Uh, then there's the, there was the, the Vice Tech cars out front. And what's that? Uh, they are a tuner, I believe. They're no, I know a... who they are, but what car did uh, they bring? So they had the specifically the one that I was really digging is they had an E55 AMG wagon that they had done a shit ton of work on. Oh, that sounds nice. awesome. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's like 200 percent more power than stock or something <laughs> crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll do it. Yeah, those their those superchargers guys, are crazy. Yeah, they do really good work. They do. I, I, yeah, no firsthand. Um, I guess part of my problem is that we always preach this is especially at car, cars and coffee or car shows in general, is that hood the hood up kind of sucks, and here you are going to a car show where that's what they want you to see, right? Which is understandable. Yeah, it's understandable. They're and, selling products. So. And the second thing is I'm not really a sticker guy, and I'd prefer the sleeper look on most builds. Mm -hmm. That's really what I'm, I'd be more attracted to, which, again, is not the show for it, right? Yeah, I think There's, a lot of times, actually, the stickers do. Like, I mean, obviously, they want to show off who... I know. help them build this car, right. but it does detract from it. If you saw that car without it's, all those stickers like and stuff, Jeep it might look well, a lot better. Like, it, it, with all those stickers yeah. are gone, it would look cleaner and nicer and for sure, it, it, just better. So especially like window banners and stuff. It's hard for banners. me to get excited about even the best build when it has stickers on the tires and you know yep. all over. But it over does it. answer questions. You know, know what I mean? I, like I it works. Just <laughs> it, this is to sell products. This is. This is, you know, all yeah, this like, stuff here. It, it, like, if I want to know how I'm going to jack my Jeep up and make it look like that, if I can just read down the side. I, mean, says, I hear you. I guess it just doesn't, from a, a spectator point of view, it doesn't really do it for me. But sure. um, there are, not to say there aren't cars like that. I mean, I can see an Impala over here that looks clean. Corvette next to it over and there. That, yeah. That or, you know, Corvette. any of these really nice cars on the other side of the Magnaflow booth here, they're not. You know, they're yeah. not covered in stickers. And I think is that McGuire's cool. or Mother's? Is it? Uh, uh, no, no, no. These these uh, cars over here are all the um, Magnaflow cars. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay, I didn't see them. Yeah, really. I did see that the detailing ones are ideal because they're actually like showcasing the paint, right, and what they can do. Right. So that's pretty. That, that you get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, I did see some really sweet, like um, hot rotted. Your favorite 911s, Chris, uh, across over there. It was I actually didn't come that year when they had the. It was, it's it was uh, sort of like a 935 looking front end. Do you remember? Um, yeah, looks I like they brought that a couple out. Um, uh -huh, I want to check yeah. it out. I, it was it was at the air or something. There was uh, one about uh, it was either last year or the year before. It was, it was the year before. Beautiful gray one. The gray one. Yeah, the gray one that was a mix of uh, what did it start out as? Um, it was like a, might have been a 930 or is it a 993? It, I think I it was a 930. Yeah. But then they took they grafted parts from multiple generations. And then kind of sculpted some of the lines on it to look like a brand new GT3 RS. It was gorgeous, and I think that was Magnus's car. 
Oh, there was no. He had a nine six four. Oh, that's the nine six four, the gray yeah. one that it's was at the mobile booth, right? Yeah. Yes. That yeah, that car's really nice. That was a and nice he did frame. the uh, he did the roof treatment like and, the nine nine one GT three with the, the bubble on the roof. Yeah, the little it's got the fender vents up uh-huh. front. The fender vents were the dope. big. That was yeah, the yeah. big deal because that's yeah very hard to do, right? And that's actually a that was that's probably his like cleanest build ever as well. Yeah. And as I, far as like not having stripes and stickers and, and stuff I, like that. I think BBI did some of the work on that car. Too. I believe they built the motor yeah. for him. Yeah. Which is a good guy to have yeah. build your motor. Yeah. But Tim knows what he's doing. Yeah. That was a really neat car for sure. Yeah. I'm, I definitely want to check out the, the Toyota booth. I know that they're like, uh, I know Lane flinched over there because of the way I say that. Uh, but it's a uh, separate booth lane. There's a Toyota booth. <laughs> yeah. Also is that next Toyota. to Toyota? It's or? right next to it. <laughs> Toyota, Toyota, Toyota. Uh, but they actually brought out like some of their heritage cars. Like they're displaying the new Supra, which we haven't seen yet. But oh, really? they have like their, yeah, they went from yeah like the Celica Supra through the next generation, which is at the MA seventy one or something, yeah. and then the actual the Mark IV, the famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool to see that. We did see a lot more of that last year actually. But again, we haven't walked around where you know you had manufacturers and tuners bringing out like. Fox bodies and celebrating you know, like, old I, stuff. I, I, yeah, there's that really cool. Well, I haven't seen it in person yet, but there's that Scirocco. Uh, that oh, yeah. ra- or there was that race services that like 1980 yeah. Scirocco with the livery on it, the yep. crazy paint job. Yeah, and that that's obviously sweet. relevant to us, you know, like being like Radwood, like the 80s and 90s stuff, and seeing people sort of resto mod that is mm-hmm. really interesting and in how they're going about that. Um, and so far, what we've seen has been pretty well executed. I mean, especially from last year. Um, so yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing some of that. I hope there is some of that out there. Yeah, have you seen it, Mike? Well, that was the, I was gonna say like mentally, I'm I'm kind of in the rad with things just because of my age um, and like stuff that you see on Bring a Trailer, and there wasn't that much. I've seen a, a decent amount of second gen F bodies, like and those are kind of coming around where people go like, okay, the pre seventy four ones are actually pretty cool and they've been underappreciated. So yeah. You know, like there's an Chrome opportunity bumper there. ones are really good looking cars, but you know, like not a lot of Fox bodies here. Not a lot. Of, That's a shame. Yeah, and like those are perfect. Those are perfect because there's plenty of them. There's cheap. Yeah. You can do a yeah. really good build on it. I'm sure. So, I was a little surprised at that, just because it it diverged from my mental state on like what I think is cool and what I want to see. But maybe we'll see more next year. Yeah. So, what's the car of SEMA? Like, what's the most modified car to this year? I know for a few years there was like FRS, BRZ, right? The Mustangs always Mustangs uh, always up three fifty Zs. The three fifty Zs. I think it's still Zs, Mustang. Huh? This year. Old old, old. ones. <laughs> still see them. You think Mustang's still number one? It's either the Mustang or the six gen Camaro. How about Jeep what Cherokee? About the, what about the Charger? Charger Challenger. I don't count the, I don't count the trucks. Okay. <laughs> More last year. Yeah, I don't see them. <laughs> Charger Challengers. I don't know. Stuff like that. Yeah, I don't just know the so difference. There, there, well, between. here on the center stage, there's. It seems like there's fewer cars. Is that in the center hall? Yeah. Am I wrong on all that? More product, less cars. Yeah, they're. You just can't mm-hmm. see them past all the people. That's probably part of it, right? <laughs> Are a lot I mean, of people. I, yeah, here. I, I say that, and like within, you know, half of my field of vision, there's like seven vehicles. So yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Jeeps this year though. What did GoPro bring out? Usually they bring a pretty special car. So they, they have a race service prepped um, AMG GT. Okay. Uh, it might be a GTS. I don't remember. Uh, and so I, it was the oh no, actually it was an AMG GTR because it's the re- the green one. And they wrap oh, it. Yeah. They did like a wrap and a bunch of stuff to it. I, have, I mean, we'll we'll go over there yeah. later and check it out. And they have something else. I think it's like a trophy truck or something. Uh, one of their sponsored athletes, uh, but. They always, yeah, you know, bring out pretty cool stuff. So, yeah. looking forward to checking that out. And Ford last year they brought the GT. Um, I haven't seen. I know that they had the uh, Ken Block um, RS two hundred. Oh yeah. And then uh, I don't know if they had another. Maybe the GTs there or something. The new Mustang. I, I don't know. I haven't uh, seen. They have. Uh, they have a bunch of Rangers, and then they have oh, the, the GT Ranger. was. They announced the Carbon. It's called the Carbon series. It's just it's the lightweight car with AC and a radio. Oh, okay. So that's that's the GT that's on the stand. Huh. That's cool. And so is that the Raptor or the Ranger Raptor? No, um, because do you guys know this? The Ranger Raptor is not coming to the U.S. before 2020. Are they're you really, serious? I'm serious. Bummer. They're, so they're like Ranger Raptor. Oh no. They're like that would sell too well. <laughs> what too is many people doing, would dude? want. They're like that. I'm not. We're not going to make cars Raptors. anymore. The current the that. one coming out is built off the Global Ranger, not the U.S. one. Huh. So is that Euro or something? Euro Asia. Oh, okay. So it's like same size as a 90, 
92 F-150 or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I had, uh, I had a ZR2, I don't know, about a month ago, uh-huh. and uh, I felt like I was riding around in something about that size. But yeah. You know what? I, I kind of like that truck. Yeah, they're it was, cool. It was good. Yeah. The suspension on that thing is magic. On the ZR2? Oh, yeah. 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 That thing is, it's impressive. So it'll be nice to see when, you know, throw, throw, uh, you know, throws their hat in the ring on the thing and, and kind of steps up and does it. Because obviously they came to the market with the Ranger before everybody else did. And, you know, the ZR2 is kind of the, the Me Too of, uh, the Me Too vehicle of that whole thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, I want to just see them push each other back and forth on that a little bit. Yeah. Is it uh, like, it comes with a King or Fox suspension, right? Uh, no, it's got the spool valve shocks in it. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it somehow GM's the only one that works that into their budget. Well, other than Aston and the 177. Hmm. Very cool. That must be pretty magical, huh? Just floating around stuff? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was magic carpet, absolutely. Mm. Uh, but no, it's it's very impressive for what it is, considering it's not a super expensive vehicle. Um, and it's nice that it's not as big as the Raptor. Fortunately, I really didn't get to use it as much as I wanted to, but uh, I drove over everything in every parking lot I could find in Los Angeles for awesome. a week. Yeah. Do you have the diesel motor or the... No, six? this one had the this one had the gas motor. Um, but not bad. And that's at just all. the old school V6, right? Uh, yeah, but it's still it's. I believe it's the LT1 derived V6, where it's just two cylinders chopped off. Okay. So it's over 300 horsepower. Wow. Yeah, not bad at all. No, that's a lot. I, I would have rather had tried out the diesel, but it just wasn't one of the fleet at the time. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Very cool. So. I guess that's... Um... Don't you have a trivia question, Lane? Oh, do I? Do no, I don't. Mean? That was for another time. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, you're, you you're... asked me to remind you. So I no, I you told you to it. remind you the next time we're in studio. <laughs> oh. God. Can I, I did so want to bring I something up. Magazine. So for our listeners, um, you know, they know that you guys reviewed the Lancia Delta Integrale in my oh, absence. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I That's a good hour-long story here we could get so into. So Mike, uh, you know, a friend of ours loaned us his Lancia Delta Integrale Evo. All right. What do you think of those cars? I love it. Yeah, is it like? What do you think? Is it an amazing car? Have you driven one? I've not driven one. Yep. I looked at. Um, no one's driven one. They everyone loves them. I'm forgetting his name. The guy that has all of the martini cars was that. Um, oh, Amelia the, the Irish guy. No, he's he's based in Florida. He's one of every single. Yeah, it's ca- Campion or Champion. Or... Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's John, an Irish John rally Campion. guy. Yeah. John Campion. He is one of every martini liveried. Um, launch yeah uh-huh. so does. he had he's the one that farah drove a bunch of his cars i think yeah he did the stratos and he was like i yeah. got to drive it 55 miles an hour on a freeway <laughs> yeah anyway so i looked at that up close and then um there's a book called uh 5054 magazine it's british it's made by hilton holloway who used to be at car and um auto car and all those other oh yeah british books and they they did like this whole beautiful history of the delta and like where it came from and the early Gijaro design and how it was super clean and you know like the good design bits and then the bad ones and then how it got the you know the delta 2 and then the and how it became it, it they basically uh like figured out a way to make a four-wheel drive powertrain in a car that was designed to be front-wheel drive but, yeah so mm-hmm. it's got a lot of really amazing hodgepodge engineering in it and it works like i mean the the, the all-wheel drive system <laughs> uh yeah it's it's a really really fun car to drive and so there were a couple things that came up, you know, uh, I am known is, to say. So this is, we were, so let's to preface this. Yep. Our, I mean, Brian, Warren, and I kind of reviewed the car. Yeah. Art was not on that podcast. So he feels the need right now to kind of like, he has it all in his mind. Not and only it's like, that. It's like really hear, digging. At him. To, I was going to say, are you going to, I'm just going to guess what, did someone have a problem with you? Like, oh man, it's really laggy or something. No, oh, okay. it wasn't very laggy actually. It had a it had a pretty meaty, meaty rattly, oh, right. rattly, awful shifter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, the, the worst driving position I've ever been in in my life. The the complaints were that it was rattly and that it didn't sound very interesting, which I uh, absolutely both of those things are true. The engine is you know it's a two liter dual overhead cam turbo. It's pretty muffled. It doesn't sound like particularly exotic, but the way that car looks and the way that car drives basically supersedes everything else like the car has so much presence like it's such a rad looking machine everywhere i go like i i I would want to park you know i did the classic like you know teenage boy thing where i would park it in front of the place that i was going to eat or whatever just so i can look at it and stare at it while i was having my coffee wait you're supposed to stop doing that when you're a teenager um (laughs) yeah yeah. what's up with that do (laughs) i still look at the mirror 
<laughs> you like roll by the mirror. You're like looking at yourself in the windows, <laughs> or the or the the tanker, the fuel tanker. Oh yeah. Um, so you get a nice. I don't think destroyed. anyone argued that it was. It had tons of presence and looked awesome. So here's the thing that really threw so me off. That has nothing to do it, with it, the it catapults it, it. You forgive all. That's sins. crazy, dude. Yes. Dri being in that that rattle box does not catapult like. The exterior has nothing to do with it's being like, in it. The way that I see it is like, it's kind of like, this is a weird analogy, so bear with me here. A Lotus Elise is a really uncomfortable and rattly place to be, but it's such a rad driving experience that it, you can forgive all the bullshit. And like, that's what I feel about the Lancet Delta Integral. Like, it's such a fun car to drive, and it looks so rad that like, I don't care. The interior is actually really cool. I really like it. Um, I, it's super boxy, 80s. It's, you know, Mark II Golf, you know, hybrid E30. Uh, it's in the, that cluster. You guys were complaining about all the shit on there. Like, it's so oh, awesome. I liked it. It's I'm such a, an well, awesome cluster. It's not awesome. It, it looks kind of cool, but it, looks it doesn't amazing. work. It's not practical. It looks great. You can't see the fucking gauges, I dude. See, all you need to look at is the tack. The and tack's that's what, this big in well, the right, and it's I, I'm putting out, it's th like three inches. But Lane dude. forgot to wear his glasses. That's what he's upset. And, um... It's I don't I don't need them because you couldn't but, see because they were shaking too much or something. <laughs> Dude, it's <laughs> all the way to the right and the left, the gauges, and then what your your eye focuses on is all these dummy lights in the middle. It's, so it's they just put everything in the wrong place. It looks cool as like a art piece. It looks really cool and yeah. like very you know funky eighties, but it's just not it's not. As wait, wait, a wait, practical wait. feature, it's not good. I, I don't remember what the tack looks I'll like. Show so it to you're you. saying like having one dial on the left and one dial on the right and some information in the middle is is wrong. I mean, that's, they're that's super spread up and okay. it's really yeah. small. And then the tack only uses about um, it uses fifty percent of the circle <laughs> for the whole rev range. It's it's just it, now art is showing pictures and then oh, okay with and then also driving the car it's fantastic the way you sit in it you sit like a monkey and your head you have to <laughs> lean your head down to even see out the front windshield and you can't even see the gauges because the driving position is so poor so that's a subjective thing it, it is because lane is notoriously uh, it doesn't fit in cars very well yeah we've discussed this it's definitely an ergonomically poor design but almost all 80s italian cars are you know like well, it's definitely just, that and and uh, um okay that would be the point you it's because they <laughs> that's were not built an argument on, hey it's it sucks but all cars suck. they were all those <laughs> character all those were character shady. right it's yes. character it's uh, we talk about uh, sense of occasion and that's where you got yeah, me yeah. i was like yeah. you said that you didn't feel like the car had sense of occasion i felt like it absolutely does yeah, because I don't see it. It has the steering a bad wheel shifter, is super weird bad mo and a boring motor bad shifter boring motor Steers good. It looks good from the exterior. Has a and it rattles like crazy. So I'm I'm Fight all me. I'm all in. I'm all in. It's so, an awesome car. But you need to experience it through the eyes of the 1980s, and by that I mean lots of cocaine and nicotine, and then you <laughs> both fit, and you'd enjoy it more. Yeah. So SEMA side note trend: the the launch just reminded me. Uh, you can see there's a bunch of rotiform wheels on cars this year. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Sweet. Yeah. Oh. They're doing that, yeah, because everyone's targeting back to the rally style stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Our buddies at 1552 are doing the same thing, and it's it's awesome. We love it. I mean, we like to see like the Speedline inspired stuff and the OZ rally wheels like start to come out. I mean, because they're not only are they super rare and they're no they're no longer produced, but you know these guys are coming out with or shapes, new shapes, sorry, <laughs> sizes specifically that we can actually use now, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoy the car. Uh, it drinks gas like crazy for what it is, which is really bizarre. Um, we So our buddy Gen brought this car out on our rally, and he said that he was averaging about five miles to the gallon. He said, like, we had, a, God, we had a fuel uh, stop unexpectedly because the fuel gauge just dropped out, you know, first morning or second morning, I think it was. And just, yeah. So how much of it's that car and how much of it's all launches that's the question so we were also saying we didn't want to to judge it based on this example because you know maybe they're not all rattly and maybe uh i don't know the shifters are different in in another example because this shifter was pretty yeah. bad i mean um, you could find the gears though had twenty six thousand no, 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 miles on it just for reference it's a it's a pretty well preserved low mileage car it's just my assumption is that they're all like that but, but we could be wrong yeah and, and, and my understanding is i mean just from talking again like he felt that way too like it was a really good example 
Um, but yeah, the shifter. So you know, our buddy Kevin, who's uh, he is a really big fan of the Alfa uh, Romeo Milano Verdes, and that was like one of his favorite cars he owned until it basically drained him. You know, drained his uh, bank account. <laughs> but like he said, that the shifter is exactly the same, and he actually thought it was a good thing. Like he because it's really light action, but. It's like, like it's like a nine fifteen, but lighter. You have to be really yeah, deliberate with it. it less vague. Yeah, but you, you know be, what gear you're in, like Lynn said. Right, but you have to be really like deliberate with it, and it's super light, and it feels plasticky. Right, it's mm -hmm. not a good feeling. It's transition. not mechanical. It's not mechanical exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think I agreed with what you guys said about the tires. I think the the tires were you know it's like Pirelli P zero like Corsa whatever's that are not the greatest like um, for for a car like that like i think you need a little bit more stick um or go the other direction and uh just go full tarmac rally and, and get get it to break free a little bit easier and um and and yeah that could be fun too but uh it's the turn-in is so good though and it's like it, so it was, like well it balanced good. yeah it drives so well um and i the steering is i just love the feedback through that steering wheel especially for being like a front wheel drive like based car you get a lot of information through the steering wheel I did say that it's magic. It it is it wakes up at speed in the turns. Like it definitely yeah. is one of those cars that shrinks around you. And uh, if I could get comfortable in it, it would definitely be a lot more fun to drive. But but yeah, the, that sucks. It, the uh, owner uh, brought the car on the rally, and he also yeah. had a, a nine six four. Yeah, in, a a an RS America. RS yeah. America. At the end of the rally, he had to drive home. Guess what he did? He got out of the Lancia and got in the 964. But I know the backstory behind that, and it's boring because there's a real answer to that. He actually really enjoyed driving the Lancia and actually thanked me for for kind of putting the pressure on him to bring it because we all loved it out there. Yeah. It was awesome to see it out there, and we got to drive together. I was in my all-track, and he was in that, um, and Warren and I were co-driving my car. But uh, basically, he had just put a, a fully built and brand new 3.8 into that 964. And, you know, those come with a 3.6, so it, it basically has like a 3.8, like a slightly overbuilt uh, from RS spec 3.8 liter in there. And he hadn't even driven it yet. So uh, basically he handed the keys to Sean and he drove it on the rally. And then he wa he wanted to experience it because he hadn't even like driven the he car. He had actually, I ran a really fast section with him and he was in the uh, 9.64. No, I mean, but like to drive it home, you know. Oh, like, yeah. so well, he was on the rally uh, and, uh, for a whole day in it. I it's his it. brand just new motor lane. <laughs> just salt in it. It's his brand new motor game lane. lane. I, what I'm saying is he just got his car, right? Yeah, so yeah. he wants to experience yeah, yeah. it. Um, yeah. But that's, I just wanted to throw my two cents in there because I, I felt like you guys did give it, you know, you, you focused on the good points, but basically at the end of the day, you're like, it's it's kind of a shitty, rattly old thing and I don't <laughs> like it. But I still love it and I still kind of want one. Yeah, I would buy it for like <laughs> 7500 bucks. It'd be an awesome car. 15 I, max. I yeah. think it's totally worth the 50 grand that they go for. 15, yeah. Whoa. 50, Are five zero. 50 now? 50. Yeah, that's an Evo. That's a special car. It's got a wider body. It's got a wider track. It's got oh, more power. I just the price. Better interior. Yeah, those are sick. And that wing, that and vertically propped up wing. Yeah. And uh, that's a podcast. That's a podcast, but we should ask for uh, Mike. You know, throw some you plugs. Plug out. Mike? Oh, yeah, Mike, tell us what you're doing. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I'm, we're working on a few things I can't quite talk about yet. Oh, great. Here we no, go. <laughs> so I got a plug for you. Scottsdale's coming around in September. We have an app called the, uh, Haggerty Insider, and it lets you look up car values and you can also, so any car value that's in our, our valuation tool, you can look up prices on it just to say, okay, how much is that launch here really worth 50 grand? Cause we have a whole team that tracks all this stuff. And then. You can also go into auctions. So as soon as they have the full catalogs, we put the listing in there. You can tag it, and you can you can tag certain lots, so it'll, you can quickly check them. And you can also tag certain cars. So if one comes up in an auction lot, you're pinged for it. So it's like really good for just sort of that, um, you know, sitting around the podcast talking car and values. It, and it goes through all the big auction houses, right? Yeah, and that's on it's on uh, it's in the Apple Store. We it's don't have very cool. Yet. What's it called? It's called Haggerty Insider. Haggard Does it time. also filter cars that rattle a lot? Can you filter those? <laughs> or that have uh, weird gauges? Or you... fumey? We'll, we'll put that in for a future scene. version. <laughs> yeah. And awesome. uh, Chris? Uh, well, uh, I've got the Shout Engine going still, so uh, if you want to do your podcast, you can put it up there and we'll get it online. How many yeah. podcasts do you have on Shout Engine now? I think it's about 3,500. Jeez, oh, crazy. Nice. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's about 38 million downloads. Does that include right that one Christian podcast that creates a new <laughs> podcast for, they would create a new podcast yeah, for yeah, every podcast few, they release? Church podcast that they can't really figure out how to use the internet or what the internet is. And yeah. I think they just think it's all blessed. 
and it's just going to go out magically. Um, <laughs> that's where you come in. <laughs> that's where I come in, and I go, I don't like you people, but I preserve your right to be here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, yeah, so challenging. And of course, I still do Hooniverse every week with Jeff. And then uh, just the other day, I launched a new show here that we're experimenting with called uh, Panel Gap, which are panel conversations on a given, you know, set number three, four, five subjects, and we go from there. Cool, Sounds and that'll fun. be on uh, iTunes and everything. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll probably go up in the Shout next engine. two weeks, and yeah. And Rick, uh, you want to talk about your tattoo uh, tramp stamp shop, or yeah, Clutch Kick Podcast in Redwood. You already know. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for joining us. The crowd will will sign autographs after. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. If those in front, uh, sorry ma'am, about the ma'am, spittle. Please put your shirt back on. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Later. Later.